Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, here's a question for you. When's the last time you went to the dentist for literally anything? Uh, It's probably been too long. You probably need to schedule another appointment. Make sure you do it with Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro, and they are extreme Colorado sports fans, just like you and just like me. Hey, we've done this read many times. You know that some of our employees have been there. Our sales director, Lindsay, had an awesome experience there getting her wisdom teeth removed. Uh, They send you a personal card to your home after you become a new patient. Uh, The doctor personally called in with Lindsay and checked up on her. But here's the best part. When you schedule a cleaning, an x-ray, and an exam, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Pretty sure it's like a $60 value, something in that ballpark. You can get it for free just by taking care of your teeth, which will help you take better care of your teeth. Tweet at us when you go there. Uh, Make sure you get that cleaning, get that x-ray, get that exam with Green Mountain Dental Group, and you'll walk away with that free Sonicare toothbrush. As Rich told you, we installed the internet on our computer just a short time ago, and I haven't been able to get the kids off it ever since. Not only do they play the typical computer games that all the kids enjoy, but their curiosity for learning has skyrocketed. Peter is constantly quoting sports statistics, and he can tell you the best surfing spots around the globe. (laughs) Not to mention the improvement in Peter's grades, and Dasha's too. Having the internet in our home has had a great impact on our lives. Rich keeps up with the stock market and our investments, and I'm able to pay the bills in half the time it used to take me. And the kids are improving in their grades and communication skills. Which makes me happy, as I would sure like them to go to college someday. The internet. It's great, isn't it, everybody? That is terrifying. I'm going to get rid of the internet from my home. (laughs) They never saw this show coming. They never saw it coming, otherwise... This was their worst darker. nightmare. This was their worst nightmare. <laughs> improving people's grades. <laughs> yeah, improving people's grades. Definitely not true. Welcome in, everybody, to the Wednesday mailbag edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Montes. I'm down on the bottom right for me. This feels very weird. It doesn't feel right. It's supposed to be up top. Uh, I'm joined by my yeah. esteemed colleagues here. I got the whole squad here. Whole squad ready. Up above me, the man with the wind in his hair, Harrison Wind. What's up, brother? Nothing, man. Good to be back with you guys. I missed out on another show yesterday. I, I know the best availability or the best ability is availability. So I know I haven't shown that lately, but um, not. I'm here to redeem myself. Here to redeem myself. You're, yeah, yeah. It's been it, it's been rough for you. The availability definitely not great, but always available, both in our hearts and our mind. Oh, look, at they're both wondering to know which one is it. Yeah, which right. one is it? It's Brendan Vote. Yes. Oh. That's huge because I got to renegotiate a new contract soon. So I was hoping that would apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, glad Harrison's back though, so I can just sit back and lean on his analysis today. Nice, mm. nice, should be good. And then, of course, you also have a guy known as Eric. Actually, as Dlanco, as Dlanco. Oh, what's up, bros? What's going on, guys? Man, that was lowest energy <laughs> wow. I could have imagined from you. Wow, I thought this was going to be a fun one. I like the Wednesday mailbag. I always yeah, get excited I, for it. I'm the only one. Something about that uh, intro haunted me. I, I'm having a hard time bouncing back. 
<laughs> it is funny that we were talking about this before, but you go back and you look at all these 90s things like the information superhighway. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the internet's just a- anything that we can create will just turn into the worst version of itself within a decade. That's just the way it works. Maybe two decades at the most, but um, well, no, thanks to the internet, it's been accelerated now. <laughs> it's been accelerated by five years. Moore's law applies to the creepiness factor of things you create. Yeah. Um, one thing though, the internet has provided myself is these brand new. Do you guys see this? Look at look at these slippers. Do you guys oh, see that? I'm wow. trying to see it through your internet here. <laughs> is my internet fuzzy. bad? It is for me. Oh, yeah. How is my internet bad? You're channeling your inner um, whatever was going on in that intro. You're, that like that's the level <laughs> of internet you've got right now. <laughs> well, that's all I've got. Um, guys, there's a lot to get to. So every Wednesday, guys, throughout this offseason, we're going to be asking you for um, questions. Uh, you send them in where I answer them live on the show. Um, but before we get to all the questions, there's some things that have happened in the in the NBA that I think are worth discussing right off the top. Uh, I think f- for me the most interesting or pressing thing is that Daryl Morey, the former general manager of the Houston Rockets, is now the current president of basketball operations with the 76ers. And the reason I think this is important is because the 76ers are a team that I had sort of counted as out the club. They they had a little run inside the club and they dipped out. But my personal instant reaction, of course, a lot of dust will have to settle here. But my first reaction, and I'll go to you first, Harrison. I feel like this makes the 76ers or gives them a better chance now of actually maximizing their talent or getting closer to that, which means that maybe that's one more contender that's going to pop up. Do you feel the same way? Huh. <sighs> I feel like it's a good move for the Sixers. It's it's the right move. Daryl Morey is probably one of the best GM slash presidents in the NBA. Um, that being said, the Sixers are just the ultimate team that skip steps. Like they have yeah. skipped every step uh, step that's like imaginable since they fired Sam Hinkie many years ago. And um, I mean, like they hire Doc, then they're like, oh, okay, we're going to leave Elton Brand in place. He's going to be the top guy. Yeah. Then they bring in Daryl Morey. It's kind of a train wreck. But it is. that being said, they have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. They have Daryl Morey. They could come out of it in one piece just because the talent's there. What do you think, folks? Well, I was surprised because it just seemed like that organization had turned the word analytics into their red herring after uh, – after falling short for a few seasons, and there was some weird... Well, we lean too heavily on analytics, which is also kind of weird because I'm not sure analytics would have told you to make that Al Horford signing. Also using <laughs> analytics as generally and incorrectly and stupidly as they are in that dialogue. Uh, but to go from that, from blaming it on that approach, to leaning all the way in with Daryl Morey, I just think it's another example of Philly um, maybe not having a clear game plan, and so if you're a Sixers fan, yeah. at least with Maury in town, you go, whether it works or not, this guy's probably going to have a clear strategy and there will be some sort of path forward. But I think that your, your point is important here. One of the things that I think has worked for the Denver Nuggets in the Tim Conley era, I, I, it might be more apt to call this the Josh Kroenke era, to be, be honest with you, because it's he's the one that after a couple of big missteps right after he, he took over, I think said, okay, these are my guys, and we have to be unified, like coach, front office, myself, we all have to be on the same page, and sometimes there's going to be big failures within a larger, bigger you know, sort of direction that we're headed, and so there's that cohesion. Elton Brand, 
first of all, we know that there's not going to be cohesion there because they hired Doc Rivers before hiring Daryl Morey. I don't think Daryl Morey would have wanted to hire Doc Rivers. That's not a <laughs> Doc Rivers hire. Not at all. So it definitely feels like there are different captains steering the ship right. in different directions. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause and maybe I don't want to say concern because you wouldn't see the 76ers to the, to the finals. But one thing that makes me think maybe it'll work out is Daryl Morey's really smart. So before they had no direction and a lot of bad ideas, right. now they have no direction and at least one good guy who typically has good ideas. So I don't know. What do, Eric, are you uh, are you now concerned about the ultimate Embiid Jokic uh, finals? Man, I, I, this is the first time hearing of this news. Um, <laughs> I love this instant reaction. Instant this is my reaction. instant reaction. This is like very confusing. This is about. I mean, this is like you pick the like the guy that's out. Uh, obviously, there's like only six guys that are available for any NBA job. Right. As, as we as we've learned, right. like there's only a few guys you could pull from any, which is always Jeff Van Gundy. Like yeah, been hearing like, his name for ten years <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Whenever there's a coaching opening, like a Van Gundy comes into the conversation. I'm waiting for Vinny Del Negro. Oh man, interviews here. But he hasn't had an interview in a while. Like, what is he doing uh, right now? Where is he? Yeah. He was the guy that always got the interview. He was in every single head coaching job. Somehow. But it is funny. Like the 76ers like really did. They just like tanked their franchise for a decade, essentially built up all of these, all of this soft clay that they could like mold into the right pieces. And they're just like chopping it away at it. I don't even know yeah, what's yeah. left. Like getting Daryl Morey now, like Daryl Morey to me seems like the most like reckless, like just go for it. Go like the, the state in which he left Houston is near criminal and now he just he's like hey, whatever i'll just go over and, uh, i'll just do it over to uh the 76ers now it's fine like i, I have no problem making big trades i that, that's what his uh, his whole uh proposition is as a, as a gm like i don't think i would like to daryl morley is my, uh, is my i don't GM. think anybody does except for the fan bases right the fan base because he does produce results although it hasn't yet been a championship but <laughs> yeah, he has always <laughs> no but his team has been good for you know since yeah, he took so. over i mean the rockets were good and they kept making these moves i think daryl morey the thing that to me is unlikable i mean one you know i'm not an anti i'm a, I'm a pro analytics guy like i obviously i use that to inform my my takes or whatever but he feels almost like he uses the analytics and every other tool at his disposal the way like a hedge fund manager like avoids taxes and like sec like <laughs> rulings and stuff like just constantly like okay what mistake did they make in writing this rule and how can we exploit it and so and i don't know it might it might work for the 76ers i just think it leaves them better than what they were you know before this I, I tend to agree, Adam. I just think, like, the next step, everyone is in their trade machine already, but I think the next step is actually clearing up the yeah. top, the brass. Right. And, like, I would, they're not going to, but, like, the next move I would make is moving on from Elton Brand and just, like, give Daryl Morey the keys. Yeah. And forget this yeah. indecision and go with a guy that, you know what I mean? That, that look, the Rockets were as relevant and, and good as they, they've been, you know, as, as I've been watching the NBA yeah. with Daryl Morey there. And they really did come very close to coming out of the Western Conference um, with those Warriors in there. So if I'm a Philly fan, the next yep. thing I want to see is them just hand this thing over to Maury completely. Do you think, Harrison, I, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't go to Harrison, but go to Eric here while Harrison appears to be doing something with his internet. <laughs> um, Eric, Eric, do you think that this, just your gut reaction, does it feel like the way out for the 76ers is to pick between Embiid and Simmons? Or do you think Daryl Morey's going to like, no, that's our cornerstone? I don't know. Daryl Morey. I don't see where this team goes. Yeah, I don't either. Daryl Morey is, is uh, his trademark is having like really uh, 
just coming up with solutions that don't seem to make any sense and that sort of make sense, but don't quite get over the right. over the hump. So he'll probably figure out some way to make the two of them work. Or maybe he'll bring in Russell Westbrook. Who knows? <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he'll trade Simmons one. for Westbrook. I don't know. <laughs> well, I um, think it's... I... Go ahead. Well, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of this. Like, there's already the the Simmons jokes because he doesn't shoot any threes. Um, right. Simmons might actually be a Mori Ball player, man. He takes all of his shots at the rim, it's and true. he right. creates a lot of open looks. So, first of all, there's something Mori can do with a Simmons type player. But also, what I'm most curious to find out about is Mori Ball a principled approach, or was it an approach? that was trying Pretty to maximize the talent he had in Houston. And these players are different than James Harden. So does Maury Ball evolve now into something else? Um, or does he just have to tear it down? I'm not so sure it's the latter just yet. Yeah, I th- I think it's... I definitely think that Maury... I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, we have to remember that the analytics revolution of eight years ago when, when Harden was traded to Houston was, I think, a little simpler. You know, as you get further into this, you discover more and more little avenues. The league evolves and different things become valuable. Early on, it was nobody's shooting threes. We should shoot a lot of them. Nobody, right. Everybody's shooting these mid-rangers. We should shoot none of those and try to get to the line and this or that. And Harden, of course, was good for this, and he built that team. But I think that things have evolved now. We just saw a Lakers team that was enormous win a championship, and they are, I would say, an analytics team. It's just different because, again, the game has evolved and we've learned more about it. So I don't think that Ben Simmons by any – I think Ben Simmons is awesome. You guys know this. I mean, I think he's such an underrated talent. We do think that, yeah. Yeah, he might – I mean, look, the the intangible parts of his game maybe I'm – he's in the Carl Anthony Towns bucket for me in terms of guys that like get like 10% of their actual value. But he, um, but as a talent, he's really good. So I don't, I don't think Maury's going to be like, we have to get him out of here. He's not an analyst. We need to trade him for, you know, some lesser player that happens to be more of a three, three point shooter. Um, I don't know. To me, this just signals like I was very happy because last year they almost beat to the Raptors and this or that. And you look at it and you go, Oh my God. And they had Jimmy Butler and you go, Oh my gosh, this team, like, they're going to be good for years to come. Then this year, I was kind of like, man, it's over. Like, the empire <laughs> fell, and the 76ers are no longer – we don't have to worry about them anymore. And now I'm back to being like, okay, I'm intrigued. I think we'll see what happens, but Daryl Morey I have a lot of respect for. Um, so Dude, in relation to the Nuggets, you know, maybe that's a – I mean, jokes aside, is, is the, do you think that there's a world in which he trades for James Harden? <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> don't don't you think that a part of Daryl Morey is like – I just need a little bit of a break from James Harden. Like, he seems to, I, I don't, he seems I don't know to if absolutely was, love him. Like, James Harden's like the ex where you had a lot of really good times with, but like, <laughs> you just right. you just don't really want to jump two feet right back into that relationship. <laughs> Harrison's been burned. This is what I'm loving. It's been burned. Wow, we need some like <laughs> would sad you, love Would music. you want to break from James Harden after oh, that partnership? Oh, hold on, hold on. Can you uh, explain this to us? <laughs> Harrison, yeah. go ahead, Harrison. Tell we us. Know there uh, was a move recently. Everything's okay. Yeah. Have you um, ever, uh, you ever had a tough breakup, and <laughs> the one you love, you're not ready to move on. Sorry. There were a lot of good times, music. but you know the bad times just outweigh the good times. Oh man. I, I would want a break from James Harden <laughs> after all those years, man. Harrison is definitely. Uh, like we almost got to the mountaintop. We almost got to the pinnacle. <laughs> we almost got married, but. Volatility, <laughs> coming up big and cl- uh, coming up small and clutch moments. You just don't value physical. Yeah. I, I just don't. I just don't know if that style is something I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yo, yeah. don't you feel like Harden and Embiid would be a dynamic duo? 
the two of them? I mean, they're both very good players, so yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, that would be the worst dynamic duo. Oh, it would be so annoying. <laughs> Who would be oh, the first one to demand a trade? I guess Embiid, because you couldn't trade Harden right after getting him. He would shoot 30 combined free throws a game. Harden does feel like the anti-Jimmy Butler, though, and Embiid seems to really like Jimmy Butler. But those guys seem like opposites. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about the 76ers anymore. Um, the Utah Jazz just have a new owner. They just sold, which was came out of nowhere. I didn't even know this was a thing that was up. And I think the thing that is pertinent here, well, two things. One, that this came out of nowhere. Um, usually, you know, you know that teams are up to sale. Minnesota, we know, has been up for sale. And you see these things coming. This one was a sneak attack. And we're talking about a Miller family that had owned this team for, what, 30 years. Yeah, so. 25. It kind of shows you, okay, maybe some of the stuff you might not see around the corner, but it, and then it pops up on you. Um, number two, they sold for $1.6 billion. Wow. $1.6 billion. Remember a couple of years ago, what was it? The Clippers was $2 billion. That's in L.A., the huge market, right? The, for, for the Utah Jazz to sell for that, I was a little bit surprised by that number. And I don't know. I guess it frames the conversation just for where the league is at. I mean, we know ratings are at all-time lows. We know that all these things are happening, but yet the valuations of these teams are up. What what's going on here? Are are ratings a bigger issue, guys, for ESPN and all these right. teams, the partners that sign themselves into long term deals? But the league itself still appears to be profitable, um, and it's part of why the ratings conversation has always felt. Um, I mean, I get why it happens, but it does feel a little unnecessary. Like Adams joked. From a selfish standpoint, he doesn't care because he just wants to watch hoops. Like, the NBA is not going anywhere, dude. You know what I mean? If you're a basketball fan, you're fine. So, like, let let John Skippers of the world worry about this at ESPN. I don't know if I got that. I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast. I think he works for ESPN. But you get get my point. I don't know. I don't know if that's my take on it just yet. I mean, I think here's what my take is. Ratings are down. No, people aren't watching. But Nate Jones, who I think he's worked in the industry um, with a lot of like sponsorships and marketing and, and players uh, and agency and things like that, he talks about how the numbers don't – like it's not about the eyeballs. It's that the NBA just seems to have a really big influence over their audience, and that's what people pay for more. So people aren't watching. Nike doesn't care because Nike knows if they – or not – we could say Adidas doesn't care because Damian Lillard wears some Adidas. Kids are going to wear Adidas and all the birds feel this way. So I feel like this is the economy that the NBA is existing in right now. Oh, Harrison keeps freezing. You see this? Look at him. He's just frozen there. Just frozen in place. At least like, he is a good It's so hard it's to say goodbye to Harrison over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think – so this is the weird thing and I think the world weird economy that we live in – Eyeballs are down. Fewer people are watching, but influence is up, Higher and that means too. valuation of teams is up. Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny the um, because the product of the NBA, in my opinion, is so good that it doesn't. It's just really about them just sort of figuring out how that they how they can maneuver this strange time in which we're in, where they have like really implanted themselves pretty deeply in the cultural conversations right. uh, that are going on, which. To your point, for people that are in on that is makes them even more enthusiastic about the NBA and get even more involved. But it it seems to really be turning off like just sort of the general uh, viewer. But does that matter? This is Salt Lake City we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't exactly Los Angeles, California or San Francisco. This is so I I, I don't know because I've heard that argument too. the like, okay, go woke, go broke. Doesn't seem to be affecting the NBA's bottom line. It affects their ratings, apparently. Right, maybe, yeah. maybe that's a part of the soup yeah, that's, that's affecting the rating. Maybe I it's mean. not. 
Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like the, the people that are in are getting are digging even deeper in. And for guys like you, me, Frozen Harrison over here, and Brendan up top, like <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like I just love the NBA. I love the the game of basketball. It's just so entertaining to me. It really doesn't matter like what they do outside of the lines. Um, you but, had such a good tweet though the other day, Eric, when you said. Uh, like it's hard balancing how much you love the nuggets with how much you hate the NBA. I'm telling you, I'm moving in that direction where I'm just kind of like, man, I love this nuggets team because they represent to me, this sort of like purity of basketball that we love, but they exist inside this such framework that feels so corrupt and annoying. Yo, I mean, I've listened to the, just the first couple episodes of the whistleblower podcast where they basically (laughs) paint the NBA as just an entertainment, um, just it's essentially just a play that's being put on an athletic play that's being put on that doesn't it's not really founded in uh, a game of an athletic competition um, but to me it's not that like I, maybe i'm lying to myself maybe i'm like one of those guys that uh watches wrestling and cries and says it's still real to me it's still real to me damn it i just love the nba like and i just know that their product is so good that whatever these issues that are happening right now that are outside largely i think outside of the nba are going to be solved and yeah. it, it's not like the the, the nba is going to have a problem with viewership forever i mean yeah. i think you're in a great spot if you can feel comfortable that your league is both profitable and relevant culturally even if totally. people aren't tuning into the actual product right. i mean as basketball fans it's ideal like we were, right. we want everyone to be in on this with us but for like as far as a league which is operating for profit you're in a great spot if people don't even actually need to consume the primary material to feel like they appreciate um, what you're offering. So they've got a lot to figure out. I think every league does. Like, I think this ratings conversation is going to get increasingly complicated as more and more people cut cords and cutting cords becomes less convenient and so on. Um, I think all these leagues have something to figure out. But like, is the NBA in trouble? Is it going anywhere? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's not no. going anywhere. No. But here's well, here's where it's interesting about this sale to me. One point six billion. I did the math earlier with, and look, there's a lot of other variables. These numbers are not accurate, but they're ballpark accurate. The Cronkies have owned this team for twenty years. They bought it for three hundred fifty million. That means they're making almost sixty million dollars a year in appreciation just of their asset, which is. Pretty pretty freaking good when you talk about all the other profits they can they can pull off of this thing. So seems like we could get some T-shirts on the on, the <laughs> on the, exactly. Yeah, so I feel like post game we should have T-shirts every game. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, actually, Eric, here's where I go. I feel like we could have this team on television. I just oh. I just feel like we could watch okay. them. You or, know? A, uh, or a G League team or a uh, practice facility. Or uh, uh, people got mad. Somebody called me said I was carrying water because I was defending the idea that maybe a G League team doesn't matter. I stand by this opinion. Like, oh. I th- do I think the Cronkies are cheap for not having one? Yes, of course. Do I think that that is as damaging as not having a practice facility? Um, not having and I, when I say damaging, that's damaging to your product to like the team you're putting out. But damaging to the fan base, not having them on TV. I don't know. Did they lose so much money that they couldn't have just bit the bullet and had? them on tv this year i mean that seems like a thing Uh, t-shirts and stuff at at, at, yeah like just the general are they putting money into the fan base those types of things so um i don't know we're at an interesting point in time where all of these things there's all these mixed signals right now in ways that doesn't feel um natural it doesn't feel natural that the nba could say nobody's watching but we're worth more than ever right and there's just all these disconnects and then you look at the owners and say okay well what I liked about the new guy buying and look, every owner, when they buy a team, they end up coming out with all these great quotes. But yeah. one of the things he said was he views this as a gift to the city, the Utah Jazz. And I, and I agree. 
I, I would that. love if, if if Josh Kroenke had a quote where he's like, I feel like the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche are my gift to the city, not this like thing That's that amazing. I extract value from. Um, so again, it's easy to win the press conference. Can we get a picture of this guy up, by the way? Like he's uh, he's like a diehard. Find he's the like, one on the yeah, on this the guy's long incredible board here. Yeah. He's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's. Uh, you're gonna have to do the ads. Do you, vote, ah, you have the ads God pulled up. You're gonna have to do it, man. Harrison, I don't know what Look happened. At the anguish on his face. And uh, Harris, so Harrison, he moves places. He misses all these days of work, and then his internet's not. Where, I mean, what is going on here? Availability. It's so true. This is like, yeah, he came back too soon. He just Will Barton'd us. He gave us one half of seating ground, and then, <laughs> then he was out. All right, on the other side, though, of this break, we are going to take all these. We have a bunch of questions, so we're almost going to have to go lightning round right from the start. But first. Hey, what's one of the top ways to support DNVR right now? By supporting our partners. Check out our friends and partners at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, you got to try their Avalanche Amber Ale. The beer is available to try at the DNVR bar. There's also the Palisade Peach Beer, which is delicious. It it's is ruining Harrison Wynn's life. Uh, the farmhouse <laughs> is now open, socially distanced, of course, beautifully set up for outside dining. Of course, if you're more comfortable at home at these times, you can still order curbside pickup from 12 to 8 p.m. You can get beer delivery from the Drizzly app or just head to the nearest grocery store like King Supers or Costco. You can order delicious food and booze from the farmhouse if you're able. Just call 303-803-1380. That's 303-803-1380. From 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup, use code DNVR to save $5. Real quick, I, I, know, I know the answer to this question. I assume you both caught my appearance on the tailgate on uh, this Sunday. Of yeah. course. Yeah, I'll just ask you what your favorite part was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All the jokes you made and oh, yeah, those, those were, like you're playing. Yeah. I think it was your outfit for me. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Uh, we had a segment where we we blended blended the beers to try to rival RK's creation, the RK special. My entry, I called the Brewist side. I just combined all the beers. Oh. You know what? Sounds gross. Wasn't yeah. that bad. Every- <laughs> yes, it was. Come on now. No, yes, it was. really wasn't. Really wasn't. Like, I love I, you. You. Yeah, it is like the old suicide, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I, I, my rationale is like when you, as a child, you get full access to the soda fountain. You just go ham on that thing. Yeah. Um, I thought it'd be terrible. Not bad. Breck Brew. Can't miss. <laughs> well, hey, listen, uh, we're all stuck at home right now, but that doesn't mean the world stopped turning. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips, so you do not have to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And as you know, some of our very own staff members have taken classes uh, just this past summer. Super engaged teachers, extremely responsive to emails, questions, and concerns. Uh, Many of your teachers work in the same field that you're taking class in. This is a good networking opportunity. Course content is highly relevant. Um, This is not whatever your interpretation of online education may be. Not a point A to point B experience. They're committed to your holistic education. Check out MSU Denver online and don't choose between your life and your degree. Yeah. And shout out to at Nicola Berner. Got you, bro. <laughs> Harrison, are you back with us, or is this temporary? Uh, What's going on? I don't know, man. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Dude. In moving Ooh. into a new apartment and setting up a new Wi-Fi. Dude, he looks, look he looks like a guy Denver that has argued with us on the uh, on Twitter before. I know. Like, but he definitely that, seems look, like an angry jazz fan. Look at that saucy dude. He's a he's a man of the people. Like he's. Uh, this is like he. You know what I like though is this. This guy like legitimately likes the NBA. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. They bought the team for $22 million and sold it for $1.6 billion. I mean, this was 1986. No, so there's inflation on it's, top of all that, too. Of course. And, but, yeah. I mean, my, but you are right, I, my yeah. overarching take on this jazz sale is I wonder how many owners look at the $1.6 billion and go, huh, maybe it's time for me to sell. This might uh, be a good time. Will it ever be better than this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Might be uh, the best time. The that's my take. Yes, every year that follows. We banged up on the Cronkies, no, but I, I was talking about this with somebody else. The Nuggets only have like four golden eras in their 50-year history. Two of those came almost immediately. Two of those have come under the stewardship of the Cronkies. Both the, the mellow year and this year were both under Cronkies, so um, deserve a little credit for that. Whatever, Water whatever carrier. Water carrier. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, so now I feel gross. All right, um, let's get to our questions. Vote. Yes. You are you got all of them? I'm on it. Hey, all friend right, of the show, Chill Ducey asks, what did you guys miss most from not covering games in the oh, arenas? Mailbag. Love that question. So what do we miss most, guys, each of us, about not covering games? I'll, I'll start if you don't mind. Uh, it is the perch for me, man. I really perch. quite liked the perch, which was gaining momentum, growing in size. A really cool it was growing in to, size. I mean, we don't do the traditional beat writer thing, I think, just in terms of our relationship to the fans. And so sitting up there on press row, so close to all of you in the same building as all of you, it just got so much cooler when we were meeting up at halftime, a la Twitter interactions. But in real life, um, I really mean this. Like, I miss some of you a lot. Dude, mm. the perch, the genesis of the perch was that I would come down at halftime and just bug at him. <laughs> you were the inaugural. He was the first percher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I would like, get off games, my perch. I kept yeah, yeah. Me. I would go to I would go, go to games by myself. Like security a, had like no huge, clue what to do with you. Like, is this yeah, like he's wearing, no. I, that would be that would be actually uh, something I have to plot out as I was heading down is how, how to give the security the slip to go over and tap Adam on the shoulder, and then Adam would come out begrudgingly, and then we <laughs> we would chop it up, and then I just we just started inviting more and more people. <laughs> yeah, man. I, the perch is a good one for me, though. It's the thing that's cool about going to games. I've, I think I've shared this before, but I didn't grow up going to, to sporting events. The thing that's nice is being there is fun on an average night. But when like a Jokic game winner happens, or a crazy comeback, or a Jamari piece, any of these things, it's just like you. When you're there, you're like, "Thank God I was here tonight." Like right. I would have been so mad. You, we've all done that where we could have gone to something and then you don't go and you're watching. And then all of a sudden, it's the greatest game ever, and you're like, "I had, I had tickets to that, and I, I passed." So that's that's it. When you're there for one of those special moments, and you're just kind of like, "Oh wow, yeah, this is a special one." I get to be, uh, I get to tell people I was here for it. Yeah, the crowd's that's it for me. That, that's totally it for me. Just like there's nothing, there's no sound, there's just no emotion that can replace a packed arena just going wild after like an unbelievable shot in the fourth quarter like where the hair on your arm stands up there's just like nothing that can replicate that man so that that was i think my last game before i was getting credentialed that westbrook game so i was as a fan baseline shout out jordan evans hooked me up with some good tickets oh so you were there but as a fan as a fan like beer in the hand like jumping with everyone that moment was off the charts what do you think what's your so that one comes to mind i think um the warriors games come to mind denver winning at at pepsi center some of the some of the warriors ones philly Um, comeback philly comeback easily milwaukee uh, jamal murray free throws against milwaukee yeah. Oh, that was a big one. Yeah. I'm curious, and I'm sure others are curious, what, what it's like for you guys to then go into the inner bowels of the Pepsi Center and actually talk to these guys after a game like that. Well, it's it's wild because you're 
your like emotions are running so high and you're like, what the hell did we just witness? Like we're looking at each other. Like, did that really just happen? And then you have to just like totally snap out of it and just like compose yourself yourself. If you're going to ask Mike Malone a question and then like go into the locker room and uh, like act professional, it's like you have to just go from a total out of body experience to just (laughs) one that's totally professional. It's it's crazy, actually. It, it's like r- ridiculous. That, for me, that that's not too hard. But what I love is when Malone, after a big win, comes out because he's just like Malone is such an emotional coach that he doesn't come down. Like Harrison's talking about how he has to, you know, you have to like get reserved. Malone's just like coming out, still like, whoa, yeah. And he gets all of his catchphrases ready. He's like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I, those are that makes it even more fun. I love watching the players react to moments because sometimes you can feel the vibes after a big game but also I always the disparity after a loss is really interesting to me I mean fans the sky is falling every time there's a loss and you go into the locker room and like these guys care because they're competitors but they know it's like an 82 game season you know what I mean like they they sort of have a longer vision I think than the rest of us so I always found that interesting all right, All right, let's keep it moving. Next one. Harrison did not like that answer. Yeah, I guess so. This one comes to us from Mark Schindler. What is the most surprising news of a former Denver player to drop this season? Aaron Aflalo being a part of an ownership group bidding on the Wolves. Or Wancho Ernan Gomez popping up in an Adam Sandler movie? Easy. Yeah, man. But I'm, I, I'm always down to talk about Wancho the actor. I was genuinely... <laughs> did you guys know this was coming? Because that actually did Of course not. Surprise. That was a really weird... Kind of a Complete surprise. I think I'm, the movie's going to be awesome. I'm oh, very excited for Wancho's acting debut. <laughs> you think he's going to be terrible? I do think it's funny that Malik Beasley comes from a family of actors and Wancho is the one that got the movie. I know. Role, so. <laughs> well, that's little... what I, I was just going to say, like, I'm very curious as to what the plot of this movie is. Like, You didn't they, see? They... You didn't see? Uh, I guess not. A basketball guess... scout uh, finds an overseas Adam Sandler, a troubling past. Wancho. <laughs> so Wancho's Wancho. that bad boy. He's basically playing Darko, I think. Wancho yeah. is the bad boy? This is going to yeah. be amazing. You know, yeah. like, yes. Make him pop his collar now and stuff. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and, like, and like stop screaming at him to stop smiling during every take. He's I like, am so in. I'm so in on this movie that I want to schedule a screening. I mean, hopefully. But oh, it's Netflix. Oh, we'll figure something. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted a, a premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hope it follows or falls more in line with the uncut gems and less of the, say, uh, Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween <laughs> style of Adam what Sandler a off of it. <laughs> it's easily it's easily that it's easily Wancho though. This was this is no comparison. I oh, wonder yeah, if there's another sure. another crazy bomb to drop um, for Nuggets players or ex Nuggets players, but I don't think Dude, so. Dude, Aaron Laflalo is part of an ownership group. That's very confusing. Also, I'm, I'm jaded by this. By the time that we all found out, Jay Z owned one hundred thousand dollars worth of the Nets. Yes, so like basically, yeah. but for years we kept talking about That's how why he LeBron owned the Nets. Going to sign there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jay Z <laughs> like, owns the team, man. It's like oh. he has a little bit of stock. Danny right. liked Hubie Halloween. All right, many Dave, people Dave, are give saying, us the, "Give us the rating." You know who yeah, else ten out of ten. AJ Hayfley. So that's He's, an interesting. Yeah, that's a really interesting. <laughs> All right, All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, Storm666, also a friend of the show. Hey, does PJ Dozier get a bigger role next year? And what do minutes with him and Jokic look like slash do for PJ? This is a good question. Um, I, if I, this is what's hard about this one is if I were in control of the team, Dozier is like a part of the rotation to me. He's one of, in my opinion, the team's nine best players. So I would play him a lot. Um, but 
I don't know that the organization feels that way, and I don't know that they're going to be able to move enough pieces to get him there. I don't think that he's a Tory Craig replacement at the three. I do think he's a Tory Craig replacement at the one and two. Like I think, I think BJ Dozier can be Denver's defensive ace against all guards next year. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they got a good guard. He, PJ's minutes go up here, um, but I just don't n- know that the Nuggets are going to be able to move enough to make room for him. I hope they do because I would I would not at all mind seeing more PJ Dozier. Yeah, it's it's really crazy cuz we saw him last in a very very high leverage situation that the coach trusted him to go in and he performed at a really high level. So, you got to think that that's bought him a lot of uh, you know, I don't know, grace with the with the coaching staff. Like they they got to view him as as at least some usable piece moving forward. I, I am. There's a bunch of like players on the fringe. There always is that you just have no idea what the. And you you wonder even how the coaching staff is thinking about it. If they're thinking about, you know, do we need to incorporate PJ Dozier in more? Is right. the front off? I mean, like we don't even know what kind of moves are going to be made. It's like so. I don't know. Yeah. I, I could see it going any number of directions, but it, he's totally. A what do you hope? Player. I, I love him. I, I really, I mean, beyond the goofy nickname, like, I just really like him as a player. Like, I like I like that he's got the size. I like that he's got the confidence. I really do. I mean, the composure thing is, like, I really do like that about him. He doesn't, the, 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 the scene is not too big for him. So I don't want Will Barton playing the three except for in three-guard lineups. But that's not the three. That's just more like three guards. Sure. That means that your small forwards are going to have to be, you know, or, or your guards are going to be Murray, Monte, Gary, Barton and Dozier. That's mm-hmm. five guards. Right. So one of them has to be cut out or else, you know, Dozier's isn't playing. And that's just kind of what I'm getting at. I don't know if there's a single guy you look at there and go, oh, yeah, he's the one. Cut him out. But I do feel like Denver maybe has a move to make that they get him. And then that's before you get to Torrey Craig, who who knows if yeah. he comes back, then P.J. Dozier is really buried. Well, I mean, don't forget about the the, the idea that, um, you know, we might be heading into a season that starts sooner than a lot of people want. And so the concept of load management might yeah, spread true, past even your top, top players. So you just have a wider rotation. The, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guy I think is, is Monte, and not necessarily that I would want him gone, just that given that he's approaching that next contract and you have a backup guard in the pipeline, I feel like that's sort of the move that would free things up for PJ. Um, And I think PJ, by the end of that season, was figuring out some of the Jokic stuff. I don't think he'll ever be a consistent shooter. One thing Monte's great at is those give-and-goes, just finding Jokic and then after the post-entry, just cutting right to the rim. Jokic loves those little kind of fade routes. I thought PJ was starting to figure some of that stuff out by the end of the year. So I'm with you guys. I don't think he cracks the rotation without a trade. But I would be highly intrigued by that development. Well, all right, let's move along. No Harrison wins, so I can't just <laughs> lean on him today. This is brutal. This is terrible. Really brutal. <laughs> at Nuke Season asked us, Nuke Season, interesting. Should Ooh, the Nuggets look at Mark Gasol if he stays in the league? Oh, don't answer this, Adam. I mean, of course, but I, I don't. I don't. I think that is already off the table. I thought he had agreed to a deal maybe i missed maybe I that wasn't see. misinterpreted interpreted i thought he went overseas but of course i mean i've said this for years i would love marcus all to tutor Jokic in this final stage it's it would, it's almost ideal for marcus all if he like wanted to come over play limited minutes and then be a huge part in the postseason that would be that would be perfect i just don't think it's in the cards he's it's like gallinari i would love for gallinari to come back here for one last stand it's just that he's a little too good and it's a little too early for that like mm. gallo in two or three more years maybe marcus all in one or two more years maybe that would have made sense but i don't i don't think right now he's too good to be just the like mentor he's too right. good to be mike miller right 
<clears throat> he should find a different situation for himself at this right. point in his career, probably. Yeah. But, I but think I'd love it. Agree. I would absolutely yeah. love it, man. I'd be I'd be thrilled as a plumley replacement. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Hartman wants us to to answer this question, gentlemen. Is there any chance at all that the Nuggets zag when everyone thinks they're zigging and they actually trade up in this draft? Ooh. I don't even think that's zagging or zigging. I don't know which one is which or what it <laughs> right, is that sure. people think the Nuggets are going to do. I think it's very much a possibility. Um, this draft I just think is weird. I think this is going to be one of those drafts where all the teams have different valuations of these players. So there's an opportunity to move up, maybe even for cheap. Um, also, by the way, next year and the year after, great drafts and maybe having the 20th pick in next year's draft is really valuable. So I could see Denver moving their pick for a second pick next year. I could see them moving their pick to move up, moving their pick to move back, moving their pick for a player. I honestly don't think that there's any scenario that seems weird to me. In fact, when we, as we've been going through, both on this show and over at Lockdown Nuggets, going through and talking about the different players that fit, there's a lot of guys in that like 12, 13, 14, 15 range that make a lot of sense for Denver. So. Right. Maybe it does make sense for them to move up. And a lot of these guys that, you know, Wind and I have been looking at with these prospect profiles that were originally 20 to 30, they're moving up. Right. Desmond they're Bain had some great interviews. So um, <laughs> as Brian pointed out, you might need might need to trade up to get some of these guys. I think that the, the notion of trading out of this draft altogether or trading back for a pick next year is interesting. You know, we've, we've talked so much about the unlikelihood of a, of a rookie coming in this season of all seasons and making an impact, especially for a team like Denver. So as opposed to drafting and stashing, I mean, you might just say, let's trade into the more valuable draft or the deeper draft next right. year. So yeah. it's all on the table. Last night I asked Sam Vecini on Lockdown Nuggets if he'd rather have the number two pick in this draft or the number seven pick in next one, and he said seven in next one. So oh, wow. whatever whatever that's worth. Um, Voya asks if he's the only one. I just want to address this because I brought up Gallo that wouldn't want to see Gallo back. Um, I could take it or leave it. I think he's good. Uh, Gallo provides another player for Denver that's tall, long, and like kind of versatile. Offensively, he'd be super, super dynamic. Um, but he also isn't a perfect fit. And, I, and again, he's if he was coming in on the Tory Craig deal, where it was like, okay, you're the, the, you're the ninth guy, you're not making very much money, it's kind of a can't-lose deal, then for sure. Um, but Gallus was way too good for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that move would be like, I mean, it would just feel so good. You just feel so yummy in your tummy to have Gallo come back. It's like a, a heartstrings move more than anything, but which I would love. I fully support that, but yeah. I have a hard time seeing it happen. You want to bring Lawson back too? Get Farid on board. Yes. Get the whole squad. Is that on Wilson the table? Chandler back yep. in. Yeah. Aaron Aflalo, if he's not too big. Aaron Aflalo. I wonder if there's like an Aaron Aflalo uh, <laughs> nostalgia. I guess there kind of is. He Someone, was a good dude. He was a real good dude. Kendrick Lamar has a song Anderson. about Aaron Aflalo. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. He was a yeah, he was a big role model for kids from that area. I think yeah, made yeah. it out. Um, all right, Eric, I'll go to you uh, first on this one. It comes from the homie Miroslav. Oh, let's go. The homie. Correspondent of the show. Would you like to see <laughs> the Nuggets rest Nikola and Jamal for 10 games this season? Would you stagger them? Would you rest them together? Uh, first of all, I love the way his, his question, he asked this of Eric. He says, uh, would you like to see it? Like, oh, yeah, I'd love to see Jokic not play. I'd love <laughs> it. Nothing would make me happier than to go to a game that Jokic is not playing. No, I don't know. Jokic used to play all the games, man. Like, he doesn't get hurt, and he needs to get in shape. So, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I, uh, I don't like when the NBA plays games where they just uh, – 
tell everybody that as they show up that they should not pay attention to this game because it doesn't matter. Like, key players are not playing, so if they are going to sit people for reasons that, I mean, that, that are necessary, then they should absolutely stagger it. I mean, there's nothing worse than just than having both players out. It's like going to a Broadway play and the immediately they announce that the, the, the star is not performing. You're like, okay, what, am I, what am I doing here? Right. I, I don't like that. Well, what do you think, Mars? Um, I think Denver and all teams have to take a 72-game approach next season, and that's probably going to imp- include a fair amount of load management. Um, but I'm not on board with anything that says ten game, the first 10 games. I'm not on board with, like, let's knock all these off at the beginning, and yeah, our season yeah. doesn't actually begin until January 20th or whatever. Like, no. Yeah, they're like, uh, we, need to, we need to find a way to ingratiate ourselves with the fans again. Let's just, yeah. just have, a, let's, let's have a, a, a month of the season that is essentially preseason, but but. Right. I think the way I would approach it is is maybe this isn't the year you tell Jamal this isn't the year you need to are you limping today like you can just right. rest you know right. I know you yeah. want to go but it's probably best for us if you don't but I'm with you I don't think you want to also man I believe in in like losing culture stuff and, and yeah. momentum you know oh, totally. and I just don't think you want to set that tone for your yeah. season uh let's should we take a break yeah let's take our last break and then we can wrap up on the other side I these are good though these are good questions indeed they are um, you know what else is good, fellas? What's that? Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, have you tried it yet? If not, we're selling the cold brew at the DNVR bar. That is delicious. You can also subscribe now and save 20% with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. We know a bunch of you have taken advantage of our one-time code. You use DNVR20 to get 20% off your Strava uh, order. But now you can save 20% off your favorite order every single time with that subscription. You'll never have to put your credit card info again. So if you've never tried the rich CBD-infused Strava Craft Coffee, you can do so using code DNVR20. Save 20% off your first order. Um, you have the option of getting your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. 20% off every time. Uh, so remember to purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20 or subscribe and get that 20% off every single time. Hey, coffee voice. <laughs> coffee voice. <laughs> yeah. The season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding. So head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook presenting, app. Presenting sponsor. Presenting sponsor of this show, as we never forget. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all the DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, uh, do it now because they just give you money all of the time. It doesn't make any sense at all. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet. They cover with risk-free Sunday betting. This weekend, Denver's taking on Atlanta in a clash of two high-flying offenses. So get in on all of that action. Uh, one of those top, uh, t- one of those great sign-up offers. DraftKings offers great odd boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. It's safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw, which is how sports betting should be. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code RAINBOW when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-00. Call 1-800-522-4700. Perfect. All right, let's get to some of these last questions here to wrap up. I'm giving you no music. You know why? Because when I go to edit the podcast, the music underneath it on StreamYard, it just doesn't sound, it doesn't sound right. Oh, that's good. It's, it's always best to explain your production decisions live. There it is. Thing, the it is. Live on the air. That's People exactly like to be see, yeah, Another like production decision. Harrison has left the chat because his internet sucks. <laughs> All right. So, oh, shout well, out Harrison. That was a decision made for us. 
his <laughs> yeah. glorious return. All right, Matt Robert wants the crew to answer. Do any of the players load manage next year due to the short turnaround? We just sort of talked about this, but a little more open-ended. Um, yeah, kind of no, the same it's not. question. It's but. not more open-ended. Yes, the answer is I think a lot of players will. Should Millsap be back? I think he misses a ton of games. Um, will Barton with his knee injury and just the fact that two years in a row he's ran out of steam, he load manages. I think Murray and Jokic both just for you know for those reasons. So I think there's a lot of guys. Now, even if you look at a bowl and an MPJ, those guys have never made it through a full season. This isn't exactly right. an ideal situation to try to do that. So I think they load manage. Lots of load managing next year. It's going to be great, guys. This next season is going to be very <laughs> exciting. But it's not It's not just Denver, right? There, We can assume there will be a lot of teams in this boat. It will be garbage all around. Every, yeah. It will suck for everybody. No. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the, that's going to be, you know, we're, we're definitely in the, in the era where, I mean, as well we should be, where you're just worried a lot about the players. Players are first and foremost with, when it comes to the NBA. Um, they they run the NBA, so I guarantee there's going to be a lot of load management. Guys, right, we're gonna take a, we have a new question here waiting for the pick. I, I hate to break it to you. Yeah, I, told, Adam, I have, who'd I have you, a who'd you say the Broncos are well, playing this week? Yeah, I was going to say, no, here's the system. If they play the Jets or they play a team that was decimated by COVID, I take the Broncos. Otherwise, I just take I take good the call. Broncos to lose. It's a strong system. It's been a really good system for me so far, so... Spoiler alert. You're the worst. All right, let's take a hard left turn with this question. 6-0, baby. Corey you're, Blake. First off, you're not 6-0. I you're am 2-6-0. You're not 6 such me. I am 2-6-0. No, no, you, know you think you're picking straight up, but it's against the No, 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 no. That's not exact. That's not at all I'm what happened. Go, I'm going to bring the No, graph. it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. I am we'll fight about it later. Yeah, we can fight about it later. We'll do it live. Corey Blake asks us, what is the craziest stunt you have ever seen Super Mascot Rocky complete? Oh, that's a good one. Which Denver Nuggets player or coach would be the best stuntman? Dude. Ooh. The cr- so Nate, the- Nate Robinson, former, former Nate Rocky, he would definitely be the best mascot. I mean, he's basically like what those mascots are. Oh, you know, the, so guy that, the guy that is Rocky, I, hate, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but Rocky's not a real person. It's like a person inside of a costume. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Nuggets like hate whenever people say that because they're like, no, he is a person. Don't ruin the magic. But there's a guy there. And he, um, he Wait, is. They want, you to, they want you to acknowledge the cartoon mountain lion as a person <laughs> right. they don't want the magic gone that it's just some dude but the guy is like uh he is a daredevil so i actually have some inside info on this just from knowing people Ooh. within the organization or what have you the, the, he got so many injuries and like dangerous moments early on in his career that they have like forced him not to do most of the stunts he wants do you remember how much he used to run around like the club level it, you know, you you know, like, yes. and then like, do you remember he used to sled down yes. the stairs on a tray? He can't do that anymore because one time he like really hurt himself, <laughs> like coming coming down forty miles per hour down the stands. Um, but he's one of those guys. I don't know if you guys know too many daredevils. I know a guy. I know a buddy who broke <laughs> crashed his motor. We don't cra- plenty of daredevils. <laughs> yeah, crashed his. Well, I don't know if people know a daredevil. They don't know a daredevil. But oh, they, he he crashed his motorcycle. Spent like months in the hospital. Got out. Crashed skydiving. Still does both of those things like nonstop. Yeah. It's those type of guys that you can't stop them they just want no, to no. push the they want well, to risk death every second of their lives it's because, it's because they are like dangerously addicted to adrenaline yes exactly <laughs> uh the, so uh, do, do people know this. the story behind this like rocky 
I, I found the story behind this. Like as he was being lowered, like he was actually being asphyxiated. Like he, like, yeah, it wasn't right. That he was yep. nervous or something. The oh, the, he was being choked. You thought harness. he was just nervous? I thought he just passed out. Bro. Yeah. No, 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 no. There was a, a zi- so it was a zipper. I know the whole story yes. of this too. It was a zipper. And the harness, like the zipper, went right into like this part of it, and just completely like no, a it was like, like a knockout real. move. <laughs> it was so much. Worse. Yeah, if he would have been like that for another two minutes or something. He might have lost too much oxygen. Yes, everybody. So. I think everyone believes that doesn't know the story. Just sort of thinks like Rocky was like, "Oh, I'm scared of heights," and he passed yeah, out. Right. But he was like, he was like really, really close to like a real tragedy taking That's place. That's really scary. Yeah, totally. Uh, the best, hilarious. the best stunt that he does is when he. When he runs from the middle of the um, arena and then he climbs up the entire yeah. ball arena, yeah. as it turns out, like, and he and and and, uh, and as you're watching him, it's like you just can't even fathom that he'd be able to. And for and they also give him a timer; he has to complete it. Right, it's really time. it's really short amount of time. He's an incredible athlete, man. He might it's, be the best athlete in the Nuggets. Without, there's no <laughs> might about it. So most it, because I don't know if you know this, even though Rocky is the cartoon um, mountain lion is a real person. Uh, it's a little. It's a guy in there wearing a costume, <laughs> doing all this thing with a huge head. It's crazy. Yeah, he's great. Although I will say, some of the sketches every year, like the Nutcracker, every year they do that one. I'm always like, they, they, they do go back after to seeing it every year. You're kind of like, all right. I wonder if they'll call it the Ballerina of Ballerina now. Oh, he's definitely gonna have a ballerina skit. <laughs> ballerina skit. I guarantee it. I, guarantee I also it. like when he does the Oscars and he does all the movies, including Rocky, and it's all the same. Yeah, there's some good ones. Some good repeats. Grant Carey asks, does a Chris Levert package from the Nets for Drew Holiday trump any offer that Denver could throw at them? Um, and I kind of, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I wanted to hear what you said. Well, I was going to open it up to, do you guys... Are there teams you guys have in mind that sort of... If you if Drew Holiday was your target, you know who, who are the biggest competitors there? Well, first of all, the answer is, can they... Like, Denver can trump... Just about anybody's offer. Yeah. Denver has, yeah, if they wanted to include Michael Porter or Bowl or all these draft picks, they could beat those offers. It's just that it doesn't seem like Denver's going to. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm not a Karis LeVert guy. I think he's, if I were if I were New Orleans, that's not the type of player I would be going after because mm. I, I just, I don't think he's a great role player. I think he's a bad star. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, and he'll probably end up on the Lakers. What are we doing? <laughs> Drew Holiday. It's just yeah. New Orleans. If New Orleans trades another piece to the Lakers, then it's just like, like we, we got to fold the league. We just got to yeah. get over it. Yeah. The Pelicans, like I'm sorry. Like, but... We moved Kuzma and Rondo. And we, yeah. <laughs> uh, map time Arcata. Arcata? I don't know. Does KBD have any game at all? Is there a role for him next year besides deep bench? Ooh. I mean, I think his role. <sighs> it, I, I'm glad somebody asked this. I think his role could be like a Tory Craig approximate if Tory Craig moves on. Um, maybe a little more skilled. Way longer. Way, way longer. longer. Way longer. Have but you, then, you? As, as Adam sort of pointed out on prior shows, um, hopefully a Tory Craig that Malone is less tempted to play <laughs> over Michael Porter. Yo, I, I have not witnessed one minute of basketball from KBD that I've been like, I know. Okay. Not, not one, there's not been one player I was like, all right, okay, we got to maybe, maybe a little something here. Like I, 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 how many minutes not, have you seen of him though? Like eight, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, there's been other players that come in for short little stints, and I'm like, okay, all right. And but 
Uh, we, we just talk about how you can just watch how players move on the floor and the best players just move differently than everybody else. Like, Caden Bates DF moves differently than everybody else in the worst possible. He's just like <laughs> sloppy and like he's just like not where he needs to be. I, I'm so out on KBD. It's not even ridiculous. It's not even funny. It is funny to think that he is on the Nuggets next year. Like, that's one guy that we know, unless they trade him. But it's just like, yeah, he's he's on the squad. I don't know. I have, I hold out hope for KBD. He never had a chance. Um, I haven't I, – like you, Eric, I haven't seen a single thing that I'm like, oh, okay, that's it. That's what he does. Like, I don't know what that is. But we also just haven't seen him, which makes me think, why didn't we see him? Probably because he's not that great. But I don't know. Um, but he is on the team. It is funny. We, we always go through the guys. Like, I think of Vlatko Chanchar, and I don't think of Keita K- Bates. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, never, never. And uh, the other guy, I can't even remember his name now. The guy with the giant hands and the, the, the sizable posterior. What's his name? The oh, Senator. Noah Vonley? For Noah Vonley, yeah. Sizable posterior. <laughs> All right, here's a, here's a fun question to possibly wrap up with here. We'll see. It comes from Josh Barnett down under. You can invite three NBA players, living or dead, to your dinner party. Who do you choose and what do you serve to eat? I like the second part. He's going with Jamal, Gallo, and Chauncey. They're going to have spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> um, I did not trip right. an answer to this, so I don't know. It might take me a little bit. Um, but I'm pretty sure Chris Birdman Anderson is in there. Oh, no. I'll have to think about oh, it some more. But he's 100%. Like, yeah, would you, you probably deserve amphetamines or something. Um, All right, I'll tell you that. one lock that's in here, Eric, for everybody. It's got to be Dikembe. Really? He's the lock? Oh, he's a lock. Dude, I told you, when I was in Atlanta, Dikembe came into the locker room, and it was, like, infectious. This guy is just, like, he's one of those guys that walks into the room, and, like, you just can't stop smiling, and he mm, talks to everyone, precarious. and he's got the big voice. Yeah, he's All just right. so, so like, positive and happy and fun and hilarious and, like, laughs that at everything. Sound, that sounds it, like a good dinner guest, I Oh, a great dinner guest. Great Especially when he's slurping down spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> I mean, you definitely want guys that are going to actually tell you stuff. Like, some of these yeah. dudes you think you want to meet, they'll be boring. Yeah. So, I saw Gilbert Arenas down there in the comments. <laughs> I also, I mean, Gilbert two Arenas. With, are we not doing Nuggets players? No, uh, any anyone in the NBA. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Which also really has me wondering what it would be like to hang out with Allen Iverson present day for two Oh, hours. my God. Great. It'd be incredible. Yeah, and we would, we would eat cognac um, for dinner, and I would ask him... <laughs> Every off the record Frozen story, yeah, and he would tell you because it just seems mm-hmm. like the kind of guy he is. hundred yeah, percent. I, I would absolutely. Gallo and and Chauncey seem like locks to me, and then Jokic. Chauncey, I mean, the, those three, and then uh, I don't know. I think we probably having fish stew. Yeah, we we well we bring. <laughs> I'm not eating fish stew, but I, I don't want to offend my <laughs> guest, obviously. So I'd make fish stew in his honor. I'd probably just uh, you know. Pass on that. Spaghetti meatballs in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I brought my own. We <laughs> open this up to any athletes. Gilbert Arenas probably isn't it. People don't remember how like interesting Gilbert Arenas was. That dude will tell you anything. Very, you just ask him. Very, just very interesting him. guy. He did, he, did, he did bring a, a gun into an NBA locker room. That's I didn't say good. I just said interesting. No, I know. Like, he's I'm like. He, I told you, everybody, he was a blogger. He used to have a blog back in the day. And I remember when people were like, what is this thing? He's writing now articles about things. And, <laughs> and, but he was way ahead of his time. Um, were there any good nuggets? Who are some of the good nuggets besides Jokic, of course, yeah, that you'd really you'd really want to see? I would say Ty Lawson. He had such a tough exit. Yo, I, though, I, like, I, I, don't I know. really, really still like – I love Ty Lawson. He was on I the radio too. oftentimes. He would do uh, color next to um, Cause. 
uh, they, they bring him in every now and again. I was just like, he's so good. He was like so funny and interesting. You know, I'm the, changing it. I, I don't know who I'm kicking out. Maybe Gallo. Ty, dude, Ty Lawson was great, man. He was great. He, he always sit and chat with you. Fun. You could just tell he was a, a, a like he liked to be around people. People like to be around him. It's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, can I take Rocky, but he has to stay in the costume? <laughs> it's you your Ty world, Lawson man. Got kicked out of a league for saying that uh, women had cakes on the low. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Got banned from Chinese basketball. You got banned from Chinese basketball <laughs> for incredible. saying that this woman had cakes on the low. Which I don't even know what that. Do, do we know what that means? <laughs> is that uh, is that what he was bringing to the it's a sizable posterior? <laughs> okay, well he's probably right. Is that what he's bringing to the to the dinner? Cakes on the low. Cakes on. <laughs> uh, all right. I hear the music. So did you have another question? Done. I do have one, but it could be could be. Go for long. it. We'll go quick. Well, Nolan Rogers. Wants each of us to answer. What is your dream off season for the Nuggets? It's mm. a big question. I've got. I, you know what? I know my answer, fellas. Go for it. Run it back. That's Run your dream. Back. Run it back. <laughs> well, play the kids. Weird dream. Run it back. Play the kids and win the title as is. When as I'm is. dreaming, I just dream about real life, and it's great. <laughs> then I wake up and I I'm right there in my dream. Literally nothing happened. Everything was work. on the table. I was in traffic for a while. No, I, my point is this. Um, most likely timeline for a title, stuff probably has to happen. Brightest timeline, don't change too much. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Eric? Yeah, what is my dream? I think I would like to see them bring in that that big free agent. I think I'd like to see uh, Drew Holiday come in, or Bradley Beal somehow, or one of these guys that you hear bandied about in the league, like it's part of the NBA scuttlebutt, and it like, actually ends up going to Denver. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't improve the Nuggets, it just to be like seen as a viable like location for for free agents to go to, like that would be amazing for just to feel like you all of a sudden are at the big boy table. That's what I want. Mm. So then, I, I think Vote has a good point here, though. Like, what if if I knew the Nuggets were going to win a championship, would I rather them win it with these guys or make the move that makes it more like? Yeah, you're right. It, if they won with these guys, exact guys, that'd be just so rewarding and so fun. I just don't know if they can. I do yeah. feel like they need something, yeah, a little bit, and maybe that move is Lonzo Ball. Oh, my squad, baby. We're in. We're in. We this got it. Got, arena. We got it. Everything's on the way. Get Drew Holiday, get Bradley Beal. But what about They cost Lonzo too much. Ball? They cost too much. Look, Your of dream. course I would take Drew and Justin Holiday if they didn't give they cost like, you know, uh, uh, Troy Daniels sign and trade or something. You know, but no, it's not how it works. So, so you know, so I wouldn't. I think if you can get Drew without giving up MPJ, that would feel like a big, big win. Yeah, oh, so wait, I so love we, Drew Holiday. Nuggets fans would love him too. Yeah. So wait, Brendan's Brendan's dream was just to live in reality, and your dream was basically just to get like a traffic ticket, like just to make ourselves <laughs> a little bit like less enjoyable. Oh, I'm telling you, just think about this: the Lakers, the Nuggets, Western oh. Conference Finals, oh. and what is the Lakers is undoing none other than Lonzo Ball, just wow. destroying them, wow. just destroying them in, in what, a Nuggets in, uh, jersey. What oh, what what's manner? that? In what manner does that take place? Is he making it's, baskets? Is he just, yeah, is they, he, just is he you know, great passes? Like him and Jokic are just too smart. You know, they're outsmarting everybody. They really just great. pass it to each other so many times. <laughs> it adds up to points eventually. All right. Thanks for the questions, everybody. Don't forget we do this every Wednesday. So on Tuesday, be on the lookout. You know, join the live show. Send us your stuff or you can oh, send it to us on um, social. Hey, we, we do it on Twitter. We always put that out. Um, so some of you are asking how to get questions, and that's the best way to do it. If you don't have a Twitter, try to throw them in the comments during the show. We'll try to get to them. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. Peace. Listen to this music.
Yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. Oh, wow. Have you checked out WGT Golf yet? You've probably heard us talk about it a lot on this show. Well, WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. It's become so popular that we had to open up a third DNVR clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds 250 people. So if you don't want to feel left out anymore, you can download WGT and join the DNVR3 clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. That's dnvrgolf.com. Search clubhouse DNVR3. We host weekly tournaments with awesome giveaways. Make sure you're signed up to win easy money, win some beautiful DNVR swag, and talk your trash with the DNVR family. The whole staff plays, all the members play. We've got a Discord channel set up for it. Uh, So don't miss out on this experience. Get in on the action. Download WGT today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 